What is up, freaks? It's your boy Marty Ben here to introduce this episode of Tales from the Crypt, a very special episode, an announcement episode. I told you during the John Carvalho episode that we were recording to that day. Here is the second of the two announcing his company, Synonym. Very excited for him. Very excited for you freaks to learn more about this. It seems like uh, an incredible company that is attempting to do great things. This rip is brought to you by our good friends at the motherfucking Cash App. Cash App's help you stack sets, send sets, sell sets, and receive sets if you so please. We're saying sats, 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 because sats are the stairs. 100 million sats and one whole Bitcoin. Uh, Cash App makes it very easy to stack sats. You can send and forget it. DCA into sats. Uh, they have their boost program. Cash App can be your bank account. They're doing incredible things. On top of that, it's been announced that they're going to they're going to allow users to spend to taproot addresses. Pay to taproot. Cash App's going to have it enabled. They're on the cutting edge of Bitcoin technology. It's a beautiful thing to see. If you haven't downloaded the app yet, make sure you do so using the code StackingSats. That's S-T-A-C-K-I-N-G-S-A-T-S. You're going to get $10. $10 is going to go to our good friends at Owls Lacrosse. That's Owls Lacrosse. <laughs> Owls Lacrosse. This work was also brought to you by our good friends at Unchained Capital. Unchained Capital is here. To eliminate single points of failure in your security model. If you're leaving your keys on an exchange, if you're leaving them in the single SIG wallet, you're creating a lot of single point of failure risk. Okay. Unchained is here to help you eliminate that risk with their collaborative custody model as personified with their Vault product. And they have the White Glove Concierge service is going to take you from zero to having a multi-sig vault set up, a two or three multi-sig vault in which you hold two keys. Unchained holds one. You always have full control over your fund as long as you have your two keys. Uh, but if you're ever in pinch, Unchained is there for that, to be that second two or three signatures needed to move your funds. Uh, the White Glove Concierge service is going to come with multiple video conference calls to get you comfortable with multi-sig, to get you comfortable with their vaults, to get you comfortable with the Unchained team. They're a team. They're a partner. They're not a company. I mean, they are a company, but they're not just like an app or a faceless company. They're there to hold your hand and be there with you through this process. The White Glove Concierge Service, they're also going to send you hardware wallets. They're going to get you set up with those hardware wallets, get your private public keys created, backed up, all that good jazz. Uh, then they're going to set up a vault and dump a thousand cuck bucks worth of sats in it. You get $50 off, you tell them TFTC sent you. They're going to, they're going to be there for you. They're going to get you comfortable and they're going to get you set up. It's a beautiful thing. Again, eliminate single points of failure in your security model. The collaborative custody vault product that Unchained is offering is an incredible way to do that. Beyond that, they have other great products, including their loan desk, their IRA services that they're rolling out, uh, and they have private banking services as well. Go check everything out at Unchained.com. If you sign up for the concierge service, again, tell them that TFTC sent you. You will get $50 off. This rip is also brought to you by our good friends at Compass Mining. Compass Mining is here to get more individuals into the mining game. If you go to compassmining.io, you can buy an ASIC and have it sent to your house. Compass Mining has an at-home mining support team that is going to help you get your electrical infrastructure set up at your home. Uh, make sure that you're all set up for the particular ASIC that you purchase. Uh, they're going to walk you through how to get that set up, get it plugged in, Get connected to your miner, point that miner's IP toward uh, a pool, uh, set up a wallet to receive funds from that pool. Uh, they're going to hold your hand through it. 
if you're one of mine at home, Compass Mining makes it very easy. They're going to get you ASICs, and then they're going to help you mine it. They're going to help you set that up with their support team. Uh, beyond that, if if you don't want to do that and you want to uh, take a risk of having your miner plugged in at a hosting facility, they have partner hosting facilities uh, with competitive electricity rates. Uh, you can you can pick a facility, uh, buy an ASIC, have it plugged in there. Be careful, there are trade-offs with this model. Got to hope the hosting facility is building out capacity at a at a at a good pace. Beware. Uh, go check out everything they have to offer at CompassMining.io. This rip was also brought to you by good friends at Brains. Brains is here to help you stack more stats with your ASICs. Uh, this is their product, Brains OS Plus firmware. Uh, allows you to download firmware that auto-tunes the firmware to focus on high-frequency chips uh, so that you can uh, focus the electricity on high-frequency chips so that you can stack more sats with your hash. If you have an ASIC that's compatible with Brains OS Plus and you're not using it, uh, you're leaving sats on the table. It's as simple as that. Um, and I'm, I'm just remembering that the Sushable team wants me to talk about uh, their mining up insights update, which has been a, a big... A big update for them. It's been in the cards for a while. Um, so uh, Daniel, Daniel Frumpkin, defrumps on Twitter. Uh, he he goes through this. I'll, I'll link to the thread in the show notes, maybe if I remember. Uh, he was talking about how it was the having. He had a bunch of tabs up, trying to figure out uh, what was going on. Had a different a bunch of different statistics on on many tabs his computer was getting very hot because he had so many tabs open and during the having it was, it was a tragic tragic day for daniel's computer i uh, went through a lot um and and seeing that his computer went through i said hey why do i have all these fucking tabs open why, do I, why can't it ever just be one stop where i can see all the information and all these tabs i have i'm going to save my computer going to save my browser going to save my 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 pointer finger from clicking too much from tab to tab or maybe he's like a, a keyboard ninja and he can like command one two three four like really quick but like we, we don't even want to do that we don't even want to do that and that's what like brains insights is here to consolidate all the information daniel had open in those tabs into one tab it's a beautiful thing you gotta go check this out it's got profitability it's got uh, the the cost per terahash hash value, uh, like like how how profitable every mining model model is, uh, like payback periods, revenue and profit calculators, hodl ratio, like calculator stats. Go to insights i n s i g h t s dot brains b r a i i n s dot com. Check all this out. Don't open up a thousand tabs. Don't be an idiot. Save your computer. Save your fingers. Save your sanity. Go check out insights.brains.com and enjoy this rip with John Carvalho. You've had a dynamic where money's become freer than free. If you talk about a Fed just gone nuts, all, all the central banks going nuts. So it's all acting like safe haven. I believe that in a world where central bankers are tripping over themselves to devalue their currency, Bitcoin wins. In the world of fiat currencies, Bitcoin is the victor. I mean, that's part of the bull case for Bitcoin. If you're not paying attention, you probably should be. Probably should be. Probably should be. John Carvalho, second recording of the day. We just stopped recording an episode 
getting into uh, some hairy topics that many Bitcoiners don't want to discuss, but this is probably going to be a much more optimistic conversation, I imagine, because we're talking about the company that you've been building in stealth mode. What the hell is going on? So where should I start? Um, the name of the company is Synonym. Um, and the reason why we called it that is just basically we're trying to leverage the quality of Bitcoin and, uh, in general, elliptic curve cryptography, cryptography <laughs> um, as abstractions and trying to show how, like, you know, two people can ha- can agree on, like, adding metadata definitions to things on Bitcoin. Um, and so this is, like, a big theme with, like, some of the products we're making and some of the technology we're creating and trying to demonstrate to people the power of, of using this um, with only using Bitcoin and not having to use blockchains, not having to use shit coins, etc. Um, I kind of wanted to be, like, the company that would be what we could point to when, when you know, we say, you don't need a blockchain for that. You don't need a shitcoin for that. Don't do that. Don't do that. But we were, in my opinion, have always been really bad at saying, do this instead. And the often the do this instead stuff was not really fully like doing, replacing what the shitcoiner was trying to do or what the use case actually was. And so I wanted to just to like really choose like a specific set of like design limitations to make, you know, a, a software suite for everybody that we could honestly say is basically um, everything you would need in a post hyper Bitcoinization world and all never needing extra blockchains. Um, and so what I did was, um, I was at BitRefill and I started getting a lot of ideas for like different products and things like ways that BitRefill could like expand and pivot. And it just became like a whole other monster. And I tried to talk to Sergey about it and like, you know, thinking, Hey, can we figure out a way to like, you know, have a system for choosing which things to do. And it was just way too much, you know, like, and so when I, when I realized that like, it really wasn't the right place to do that, I had had a, uh, a growing relationship with Paulo at Bitfinex and Tether. And he kind of knew some of the ideas that I was thinking about doing. And I just asked him, I said, Hey man, like if I leave BitRefill and like start a new company, will you, will you fund it? And will you help me do it? I was like, you understand everything I'm trying to do like nobody else. And like, will you, will you help me make this happen? And he just said, yes. And so it was just like, all of a sudden I was just like quitting BitRefill. And like, I just had like, I spent like maybe three months just like, designing a whole new company and designing a whole new suite of products and i went into like a very very deep rabbit hole like it's where i learned a lot of the things we just talked about in the other podcast is like i really wanted to figure out like what what you could and couldn't do with bitcoin really you know um and so we had we came up with like these design axioms and we'll, we'll put these on the website and such but essentially this is a tether company um, it is not a typical startup. Um, yeah. And sorry to all the tether truthers out there. Come get me. <laughs> is there, do any of them exist anymore? Like how many times do they have to be completely refuted? Publicly? I don't know. Honestly, like the FUD is strong and just being out here in Austin and meeting up with Bitcoiners, like most of them don't even know all of like the refutations that have happened. You know, I, I get prominent one, two weeks ago, right? Yeah. Yeah. I get prominent Bitcoiners saying to me like, why don't they give an audit? And I'm like, dude, like they literally provide audits to the U S government on a regular schedule. <laughs> like, like, what do you want? Like, well, why do they use, you know, commercial paper and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, dude, just look at it. They behave the same way as every other stable coin, every other derivative. Like if, if you don't like it and you don't want to trust them, you just simply don't use it. I mean, we're going off a tangent. I'm not, I, I have no interest in being a tether shill. Um, other than that, like I supremely appreciate, you know, Paulo specifically and, and their, you know, their board and their investors and like, 
unendingly supporting this vision that I'm doing. Like they have just been so, so, so much of a blessing, man. Like you wouldn't understand, like these guys are doing like, in my opinion, like through me, modesty aside, more for Bitcoin than I've ever seen somebody do. Like, and so basically I did make, I made like a whole like private, like vision deck instead of a pitch deck explaining what I wanted to do, like early stage of it, how, how I imagined it. And they agreed and they, they agreed to do it and they, they agreed to, to do it as a Tether company. So that you're going to have Bitfinex, you're going to have Tether and you're going to have Synonym. And this is like a family of companies. I don't know the correct legal term. My lawyers are like pretty strict about what I, how I word things. I think it might be a spinoff would be like a best way to put it. Um, but like we are part of that whole uh, circle of companies and you know we are leveraging the resources of all three companies to make this vision work you know we are integrating our products and technology with bitfinex um one of the things we're doing is we're actually bringing instant tokens to lightning uh, we didn't invent the the actual format um, but we are like making libraries and putting it in our products so you'll be able to have you know instant tokens at some point um actually i might i'm i'm, I'm Remembering that this will be released after uh, we announce the company, so I will just literally say we we are putting you know uh, instant tokens on on Lightning. Um, we will put that in our applications, um, and there will at some point be instant tether, and there will also be instant tokens for anybody. You know, like if you want to issue uh, tickets or you know coffees or hamburgers as tokens or gift cards or whatever it may be and we can get into some detail about some theories i have around that too you know you'll be able to easily do this and so like i was saying you know i, I came up with these designs and i ended up with like a a suite of products that i knew would be like the minimum set you would need to create a circular economy but then i had like this whole set of like interactions and things that just kind of wasn't solved like how do people like tell each other apart how do people trust each other how do you do business like like the limitations I'm, I'm saying is like there's no government there's no banks and there's no big tech what does the internet actually look like what does the economy actually look like and so i tried to spend a lot of time modeling that out and what i found was you know there were some things that kind of solved this like like identity projects and, so, and stuff like this but i hated the idea of like identity and credentials and passports and that seemed to be like the only focus when it came to like using keys as you know a way of authentication and i just wanted to go like one abstraction level higher i just want to say all i want is like for people to be able to use a key for everything for your website account for your email for your contact method for your chat for your bitcoin like just always use keys um for files for api endpoints for just absolutely anything that needed to be addressable in some way digitally you should be able to use some form of you know pub private key pair and so we made a really we ended up coming up with a really cool design and so like the big thing that we're doing as a company that's unique is we do have our own protocol and it's basically leveraging the concept of web of trust and kind of modernizing the design to use uh, a combination of you know key pairs with a method of communication that requires uh, including a schema for how you talk about metadata about key pairs. Okay. And so these schemas are essentially what make these like interoperable private networks. So you can basically define a network now with any digitally expressible concept. It could be like 
the is this person an asshole network and i say okay this is marty's key marty yes he's an asshole and then my <laughs> and then when people ask me about your key i'll say oh that's marty and he's an asshole you know what i mean or <laughs> and, a statist <laughs> or yeah i should have used that <laughs> the statist reputation system but you can essentially like it's even more abstract than reputation uh, specifically or id specifically because you can use this as a categorization system or a peering system or a permission system they're like really these abstracted interoperable private networks that are additive and you choose who you put in them and under what conditions and what they have access to and what they do not have access to so it's like literally the solution for things like decentralized social media decentralized search and, and because of the way that we've designed it it's also very fractal and like proximal. So you're never having to do like highly redundant things, wasting data. Like it, it doesn't scale globally. There's no global, you know, index of everything. You mm -hmm. only keep, you only index what matters to you and you only interact with who matters to you. Um, I know I'm kind of, I jumped around and I've been talking for a few minutes without letting you talk, but I hope that like at least gives you a basis for like, how everything, uh, the theory behind everything we're making and what the kind of main risky thing we're doing. But we can also talk about like the specific products that we're building and like the libraries where we released, I don't know, yesterday, whenever, whenever we record this, um, the, the libraries we just released, um, you know, when, when we announced in El Salvador. <clears throat> First off the bat, the way you just described it, particularly like the last two minutes, reminds me a lot of Urbit. Like just can interact with who you want to and how how you want to obviously it's different architecture and semantics i would argue um yeah with urbit like they're trying to do the whole like properties thing like there's there's no real estate there's no nothing you have to buy um you, we are using bitcoin keys as the keys but technically you could use any elliptic curve if you define it in the schema and the other person wants to use it so you could use pgp keys you could use ethereum keys whatever and this allows uh <laughs> well, the thing is, like, you're not actually using the, the coins, you're just using the curve. Yeah. So it has nothing to do with blockchain. Like, unlike ION and some other solutions, like, we're not trying to have a global index. We're not trying to pretend that we even need to use a blockchain at all. Honestly, if we wanted to, we could also add the same indexing method that ION does to slash tags, which is the name of, of the protocol. Um, but slash tags is more about, like, making the key pair ubiquitous as a security and communication method and making it so people actually have like granular full potential to control how they create metadata who they create it with and like who gets accessed you know permission wise to have actual webs of trust that are relative mm -hmm. i like that so you're sort of creating these distributed pockets of of webs of trust that you just mentioned they don't scale yeah. globally like and you can have multi multi-dimensional webs of trust so like every schema you support is essentially another network and you can kind of overlap these networks and, and separate everything however you want you can have like your porn friends and your university friends and your family and your bitcoiners and you can have bitcoiners that are family and you can even create like the way the schemas work are you can have like schemas that are call other schemas inside of them so you can like build schemas of schemas and you can do like m these maps and these like reducer schemas so you can basically like reweight all the reputation systems so say there's like you really like these several reputation systems but you wanted to make a new meta reputation system and you could choose the weighting of each one and so there's a lot this is it's very very powerful it will take time for us to like put 
all the power in everybody's hands in a convenient way. But um, we, what we just released, you know, uh, in El Salvador are the first few modules, which are going to be slash tags accounts, slash tags contacts, and slash tags actions. Slash tags actions are just basically a way to wrap in, you know, functions to be able to call them through this this uh, this system. But um, we're not releasing the web of trust and networking and storage aspects yet. And that stuff gets really, really cool. But we need a little more time on that. So just for now, what we're demonstrating is just you can use keys for website accounts in a way that is much more powerful than what we've seen before. Like, like we have some people that have kind of scratched the surface on this, like Ellen URL off. Mm -hmm. But like what we're doing is like much more robust and has much cooler features. Like some differences are, for example, Ours are, are uh, cross-authenticated. So whenever you communicate with someone, you don't just prove who you are, they prove who they are. And that includes websites. And so if websites add this as an account method, basically you always know you're at the right, right website when you're logging in. You're not in. getting fished. Or yeah, yeah. Like and that. even if you are getting fished, it actually prevents man-in-the-middle attacks, you know, in, in typical situations at least, where if you like are trying to log into, say, Bitfinex and you accidentally visit Blitfinex or something, like... When you log in, first of all, if we see that it's a different domain, you're already going to use a new key. And so you just log in and make a blank account with a new key and it won't help them at all. They won't get any information from you. And even if they have a way to get you to use the same key as your Bitfinex key, what will happen is you'll just make a new empty account mm -hmm. with that key in their website. So because they can't prove that they're Bitfinex because they don't have the Bitfinex key. Um, so there's a, a really cool authentication and like safety, you know, security aspect that changes when you start abstracting these things away. But you could also do things like serve your website from multiple servers using the same key. So you could have like, you know, backup websites that people when just automatically people would know they were in the right place, even in an emergency situation. So something like the pirate bay or such, mm -hmm. like they could just make sure that they, they have some way of communicating that which key they are out of band. Um, and then you always know a place to look to find their current key. And as long as their current key is signing, you you know, you're at the pirate bay, no matter which domain you're at. So you can have the pirate bay.org.com, whatever it won't, matter um so there's a there's a really cool abstraction thing that's going on with like using keys as a basis instead of trusting ICANN and dns uh like google dns whoever you trust right now like it basically turns everybody in the network into some form of dns manager um so there's some really cool stuff there with slash tags accounts um the metadata schema stuff the way we're, we're, we're showing the power of it there is when you make a website account you also are automatically making an api key and mm -hmm. so indirectly. And so we're adding in like through slash tags actions and, and other, you know, metadata features through leveraging the schemas. You're having this capability now where like I, I, I'll show this. Uh, I will have shown this already at the time at the conference. But like how you can have like just in a Bitcoin wallet, you can be holding your Bitcoin keys. You can be holding your lightning you know, keys, your, your lightning state. You can also hold your slash tags keys, which are your web accounts, all using the same kind of Bitcoin key method. But you'll you'll look in your wallet and you'll see okay this is this is how much bitcoin i have this is how much i don't know tether i have on lightning whatever token you're using and then there'll be an account section that's like these are my accounts and so you'll see like a little card just like your your bitcoin card for like you know displaying this is a design term card not a credit card mm -hmm. just a visual look um, where you'll see like maybe say a bitfinex logo or a bitrefill logo or a crypto watch logo and then there'll be some metadata beside that logo and that metadata will be 
user selected and it will be any metadata that that website wants to feed to you. So when you open your wallet, what actually happens is like you automatically authenticate into all your websites in the background. The website creates like a basically a secure channel with you and they can send you all the updates of your metadata about your account without you ever having to visit the website at all. Like so you could see your, your current Bitfinex balance. You could see like how many gift cards you have on BitRefill. You could see like the current BTC USD price on CryptoWatch or maybe your your profit and loss on LN Markets. Like you'll be able to just have this whole new creative level of what you can display in a Bitcoin wallet. That's pretty insane. And so like via that functionality, so, all right, so you create a private public key pair, it authenticates you onto the website, onto the service, and you get automatic a access to that API. Maybe a small detail, but do you get automatic access because calling on that API to get data about your account, uh, about price, whatever, you're, you're also paying in sats to receive that data? No, the, 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 you don't, there's no, like, you don't need to in, incorporate some sort of friction through paying. Like, we, we don't use Lightning for this. Okay. It, you can put, light. you can use this for Lightning. In other words, you could use this as a way of, like, choosing which nodes you want to route to and tracking, you know, uh, routing information. Like, this is actually, flash tags would be a great way to replace and extend boss score and how that works. Like, <laughs> how could, does that work? You could, you could exactly. Like, you could just self-define your own weighting mechanisms. You could share them and popularize your schema, basically, publicly. And so you could make, you know, you know, Moss score or whatever you want to call it, you know, and say, this is how I, how I weight things here. Feel free to use it. And if we talk to each other, we can start sharing data together about, you know, which nodes are reliable, their reliability, you know, how well they manage the liquidity. You can start like, creating your own private reputations. It can just be two people. You don't have, it doesn't have, none of this is public. It's always, always a private network first. And it's only as public as whoever you let into it. So it's like, it's like really the only way, in my opinion, to solve, you know, the scaling problems of the internet and and the reputation kind of problems without getting into like full like global indexing and like you know the dystopia of how the government would do this and so what i want to show with slash tags is like you have all this power that we can do just by using normal plain cryptography in the internet that we have really neglected to try to even do and now it's actually possible because people finally have a key manager that they use like they finally have bitcoin and we're managing keys like that's all bitcoin is really it's a key manager and then you sign messages and and make transactions like we're doing the same process with slash tags you have keys you sign messages and they're just attestations you know yeah. so everything is always encrypted and attested and you can use these attestations as proofs that's another cool thing. Sorry, I'm ranting. But, no, keep uh, ranting. I'm loving it. Another cool thing you'll be able to do, for example, is like this kind of like poor man's zero knowledge proof. So what you'll be able to do is instead of having to do all kinds of complex cryptography to get zero knowledge proofs, you'll be able to get trusted attestations from people. So like, for say, for example, you KYC at Bitfinex. Well, your Bitfinex account now, you'll get attestations for every aspect of the metadata of your account. And so if somebody wants to trust Bitfinex, like say Ellen Markets, for example, wants to be able to offer KYC level services, but they trust Bitfinex to handle the KYC, they can make a private relationship with Bitfinex if they want to have contracts or whatever they need to do to feel safe. And then they, you can use your, your one-time KYC at Bitfinex and never share the data with Ellen Markets. Mm. You can just provide proofs from Bitfinex and say, look, here's my proof. And if you want, and then if they need to verify, they can ask Bitfinex to provide new signed proofs. And so you're, you're always providing attestations about everything. Bitfinex can now create abstractions of your private data. They can say, for example, John is 18 plus. 
or John is a U.S. citizen, or John is a Portuguese citizen, or John is not a U.S. citizen, you know, but he is, but he does have a passport. You can basically create any abstraction of the information you have as proof that is useful for you to use as proof elsewhere. So like if I want to be able to go to an adult website and they require proving that I'm 18, I can do so in a way without giving them any information about me other than that I am a unique ID that Bitfinex says that I'm over 18. And as long as they, I use that unique ID and they trust Bitfinex and, have, and they have some sort of legal ground to cover this behavior, I don't have to have my ID in 20 different places. You know, they just, all they have to know is that I'm 18. Yeah. I guess adversarial thinking, putting that cap on, does this lead to bigger honeypots though? Does that lead to more risk for Bitfinex specifically? And I, I know this is just an example. What but. you have to remember with like, like all of the hard questions about this design, and there are hard questions. Like I could steel man this with like some pretty scary stuff. What they all come down to is all the stuff that's bad in the internet is already being done and already possible. Like mm -hmm. all I'm doing is like showing how you can do things intentionally in a controlled way by forming private networks that are additive instead of doing things globally, instead of like, le like letting people like listen into everything you do, so like scrape all your data, resell all your personal data, like you choose who you do things with and that's the only way you can behave. So you're never like forced to join some sort of like massive private network that like is measuring everything you do. You have to like consciously make that decision. You say, okay, I'm going to add, you know, decentralized Twitter to my network and every tweet I make, I'm actually going to have, I'll create it locally, but I'm going to sign it and then send it to decentralized Twitter and they're going to post it publicly. And as soon as you like provide your data, you, you have no control over your data after you share it, mm. but you can control who you share it with. And so it's like, that's the design It's like, it's from the bottom up for the user. It's user centric. And so you will have at least the chance, <laughs> you know, to properly manage the metadata you create, who you created it with and, and in a fully granular and like multidimensional way. Whereas right now on the internet, there's not really any tools to do that. So people are just inclined to behave for maximum convenience. And so they'll say, I want my free internet. I want my free data take all my personal data, resell it, track me, you know, cookie me, all these things. It doesn't have to be that way. Mm -hmm. No, it doesn't. Nor should it be that way. And so synonyms launched right now. What can the freaks listening to this go and do? So mostly what we're, we're honestly, mostly what we're releasing is like the, a lot of open source libraries that we've made over the past year and a half, maybe mostly the past year. I mean, it did start when I started, it was just me for like three months. And then I hired one or two guys for the next three months to start on our mobile wallet. Um, but what we're releasing mostly are, um, like I said, the first two modules for slash tags. We are releasing a number of like developer tools related to creating environments to develop for uh, Omni, Omnibolt, slash tags, um, Lightning. We're release releasing a number of libraries for making it easier to use Lightning in your products. Um, so we have an LND mobile library for like adding Neutrino to your app, which has some optimizations that aren't found in other implementations. Um, we have an Omnibolt JavaScript library that we're releasing, which will make it a lot easier to do tokens on Lightning in your app. Um, what else do we got? Oh, and we're also releasing um, Block Tank, which is like our LSP. It's like I would consider it to be like the first full-fledged, you know, honest attempt at doing a public LSP service, um, where you'll be able to configure both, you know 
the local balance, the remote balance, the term of your channels, much like what I was doing with Thor at BitRefill, but an actual full API where you can call this, rely on it, and manage your channels. And we have a lot of features that we've added that are like going to be necessary to be able to do this. So this way, wallets, and mainly for now, probably we'll, we'll target uh, wallets and exchanges, will be able to, be able to basically add Lightning regardless of their expertise with actually running Lightning or supplement the Lightning they do have with basically the liquidity of uh, Bitfinex Bitcoins. Um, this is another issue with uh, like finding enough Bitcoin to be able to create large channels and many channels. Like you can get some scale out of, you know, tapping in. We literally charge the Bitcoin FRR rate. Like, so like the lending rate for like shorting Bitcoin on mm -hmm. Bitfinex, we use the same rate to be able to borrow Bitcoin to create channels, you know, and, and not borrow Bitcoin, but have those Bitcoin lock, locked in those channels. Yeah. yeah. And so we're like, we, we, we're trying to like actually create like an actual like rate on Bitcoin and, and use the only, the, what I consider to be the best existing rate right now for Bitcoin. Um, I think that the, the, the Bitfinex market has been around for a long time and that, that should be a good way to see. And the rates are really, really good too. We'll see how, if, how long that lasts. Um, but even with block tank, um, we will be adding support for uh, buying liquidity and channels for Omnibolt as well. So like if you want to be able to buy Tether channels or any, we, we can't support every token somebody makes, but anybody who's basically a friend or somebody we consider important and want to work with will work to provide liquidity for these important tokens. Personally, I will only ever care about or support like what are literal utility tokens, basically IOUs that you, you, you know that you're supposed to get a specific thing for them. Yeah, it's diving. <laughs> This. I can hear some freaks, particularly the Moon Boys, like, oh, isn't this why we don't like shit coins? Because they're t unnecessary tokens. What would you deem a necessary token and uh, worthwhile building infrastructure around? Sure. Like, so part of like my my rabbit hole that I went into with researching, like, what would this economy actually look like? Would I, like I mentioned to you, um, actually, we weren't recording at the time, uh, but I mentioned this to you earlier that um, what I came down to was that at least in my lifetime and maybe even longer, I don't think Bitcoin will ever be fully stable. And so that, and I think that people will always end up be willing to trade some trust for some stability as a service. And then I also found that like, while I think most of modern finance is bullshit and basically just arbitrage on, inf on the inefficiency of inflation, that's really what I think most of modern finance is, um, is just trying to capture inflation in some way. Well, trying to outpace it. Yeah. Well, and, and the inefficiency of it primarily, because mm -hmm. like it just cannot be distributed perfectly, no matter how they try. And so there's always going to be people arbitraging that inefficiency. Well, that's supposed to be gone, right? Like, because we killed fiat and the government's gone and, <laughs> you know, all these, and the banks are gone and all these great things. Well, we still need a way for like businesses to speculate on growth. And, in the at least in the transitionary phase, we can't really do equity tokens because one, like those are like you don't have any violent enforcement on the digital in the digital realm, so you can't really like force somebody to give you dividends or like it, it becomes kind of unenforceable in general. Um, and even right now, it is enforced by the government, and most people can't issue equity, you know. <laughs> but one thing they do allow is they do allow you to issue gift cards, and they do allow you to issue credit in various ways um and so i'm hoping that won't go away <laughs> um i have a feeling that us leveraging that and making that easier to leverage might cause more regulatory scrutiny for that for those kind of rights we currently do are able to uh flex 
Um, but what I basically figured out is that the most non-violent form of way that we could speculate on business growth would be for, you know, sort of like decentralizing Tether, say like, and sort of only trusting Tether, which is essentially going to behave much like a bank. Um, we trust the businesses that we rely on. And so if we are able to say prepay for services from our businesses and receive those prepayments as bearer instruments, you know, as tokens, then they become like safely resellable. They became safely repurchasable by the issuer. Um, they became like, you can have an actual aftermarket. You can have order books, you know, for, you know, these gift cards and these, 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 stable tokens, whatever they're made out of. It can be a token for a milkshake or a token for a euro, whatever asset that the counterparty wants to hold. But you would do this with the people that you actually utilize, like your butcher, your, your uh, you know, bit refill if you buy your gift cards there or Amazon if you buy, you know, credit there. Except um, what you do is the, you, you give them more capital that they can speculate with. It's you know? essentially a, f I don't know if I'm going to get you in any trouble, but essentially like a forwards contract that you're engaging in with a well, producer of a good or service. Again, like. it, it, no, it, it's, it's just a gift card. Like it's mm -hmm. just, it, it, when I say credit, I don't mean like loan. What I mean is that you're, it's a credit on your reputation. Like if, if, uh, if, uh, say Starbucks issued gift tokens and you could get, redeem them for milkshakes. Well, now they're obligated to give you a milkshake regardless of the costs of those milkshakes over time, as long as they meet the terms of what that token represents. And so if they give you a token that says, you know, this is good for a milkshake anytime in the next five years, then you know that you're going to get a damn milkshake, you know? <laughs> and if they don't give you that milkshake, they're going to have to essentially ruin their reputation among everybody that has milkshake tokens. And then, re then that means now competitors, we would have step in with better reputation. So essentially like you can't stop people from like cashing out on their reputation. It's just always going to be a thing, mm -hmm. but you can make it so they have to reset their score. You know, they, they di can digitally die. You know, it's digital violence, I guess, you yeah. know, like you can say there are going to be repercussions because you're using, because now slash tags exists and we're going to be able to create a reputation system about your behavior. Um, among all, like I can, I can like make a private network with all the people that I know that own star Starbucks, you know, uh, milkshake tokens, and we can keep track as to whether or not they're, they're making good on their word, you know, and, and we can make a reputation system that says when they don't uh, deliver what they say. And so this becomes very useful as a dynamic because now say Starbucks is new, like there's just a small company. They, they have one coffee shop. They want to have two coffee shops. Well, where did that money come from? there's no loan enforcement because there's no government and there's no useful violence. And you really want to try to design without violence if you can anyway. There's, uh, you know, how do, how, nobody wants to give you Bitcoin because they don't want to spend their Bitcoin. They want to use you as a store of value they, rather than invest in you because this is already far into the future where hyper Bitcoinized, like nobody's going to be wanting to give up their Bitcoin unless they really have to. It could be expensive to spend your Bitcoin. Um, there's gonna, Bitcoin doesn't fully scale. <laughs> so we, we do need solutions for trusted monies. And I think the way to do trusted monies is to have a reputation system that can be attached to them. And so the, you know, you, when you combine slash tags, you combine this kind of gift token concept and this, this IOU concept, you can create again, very relative, you know, proximal networks that are highly, you know, 
you know, they have really great feedback loops inside of them where mm -hmm. like, it's like if I, if I pre, if say Starbucks needs more money, they can simply offer their credit at say uh, a loan rate, like a 1% discount, but it's not a loan. It's just a discount rate. And now I know that I got, I'm going to have a cheaper, you know, milkshake and they have now my assets that, that if they want to take a risk and grow their company with those assets basically go you know fractional except they're not a bank so it's not it's just it's i owe them this it's a liability it's more isolated risk yeah um and if i fail then i lose my reputation you know and then people will never pre-buy from me again and i won't be able to grow my business etc but if i succeed people will be more likely to trust me mm -hmm. and now I, and now there'll be more people using my, I have two businesses now, so there will be more people that trust me and I can start scaling my growth this way. That's fascinating. And I guess the one question that's popping into my mind is how does a reputation system like this, and I think I know the answer, but I want to hear it. your thoughts on it, avoid like the pitfalls of what some would deem as inaccurate, inefficient um, reputation systems like Yelp. So it, it fixes slash tags fixes this. <laughs> <laughs> um, so because you you're using a web of trust model, you weight these things and you would certainly not give any weight to somebody you did not trust. And so you'll have you can still have Yelp and you can still have Rotten Tomatoes and you can still have critic scores versus user scores. But like the people that you actually have some sort of either transitive or direct trust with you are going to be weighted much, much more highly, obviously. So like your reputation system is going to de-weight your web of trust is going to de-weight and thus de-risk you know any of the sybil people any of the spam people because if they're not real people then they're not any friends with anybody you're friends with so unless you have people in your network that are poorly distributing their trust you're at least going to have some transitive capability of weighting these like from each layer out of your web of trust. So anybody that you directly trust will be very, very highly weighted, rated and you'll want to like use their ratings the most. Anybody that they trust, would this be a, a transitive trust that's like a little further degree away, you will trust them a little bit, but not as much as the first layer. Any people though that second layer trusts, they will maybe might also get a little bit and you could like, you could like push this out as far as you want. Um, you, you know, really the degrees of separation on the internet are like 3.5 people now. So you can only push it out so far, like practically mm -hmm. speaking, but, um, you could basically do this where you, you decide how many levels deep you want to, you know, have this trust and how much you want to de-weight it as it gets in distance from you. And you could make your own, you know, networks this way and your own weightings and your own reputation systems this way. You could even locally do this and not tell anybody. You could just say, this is how I weight all the reputation systems that I support. And so then when you generate a Rotten Tomatoes score, it's actually like a John Tomatoes score. You know mm. what I mean? It's like it de-weights all the people in Rotten Tomatoes that I don't know and I don't trust. And then it re-weights them according to how close they are to me. And so you get like a real good rating that way. It's, it's subjective still, but it's a subjective truth that you know is real. Well, that's the thing too. It seems much more directly connected with the service than, I don't know if I want to describe this very, but Yelp like is an abstracted, like somebody goes to a restaurant to eat. And a lot of you, like again, Yelp is 
very susceptible to civil attacks. Like people are just trying to. Build. It's also susceptible to just assholes. Yeah. Like, in competition. Yeah. You know, like competition wants a civil attack to downrate other restaurants so their restaurant looks better. Um, some asshole just only leaves bad reviews. You know, like there are things that, you know you can like probably start identifying like these like meta concepts about people and say, hey, this guy is just a negative nanny. You know, like he's just never going to say anything good. So only use him when I'm looking for bad things. You know, like yeah. you, you can you can really get. Really, depending on how hard you want to work to create schemas and manage them, you can get very, very like granular with it. Yeah. And I think like the direct economic attachment um, with this model probably incentivizes more truthful interaction. Yeah. But, and even if it doesn't, you can wait it. Um, I, I do think it incentivizes like truthful behavior, honest behavior, because you're not going to be, you, you're going to be disconnected from everybody if you aren't out, if you aren't providing value. If you can't be trusted, people will eject you from their network. You know, is you have to be good at what you're doing, but you get to be good at like anything, like expressible. So it's mm -hmm. like maybe you suck at rating movies, but you're good at rating hardware wallets, and you just become known. You know, and your your reputation counts when you talk about hardware wallets, but not anything else. Yeah. You know. How does this avoid the pitfalls of the social credit system, social credit scores? So I'll say this. Um, I have thought about this and I do think that like in the end you could build some pretty scary systems with something like this, but they're already being built and they're being built by, you know, the government, they're being built by um, maybe you, you, people might disagree, you know, scary corporations like Microsoft. Um, and what they're going to do is they're going to focus on the passport UK use case, the credential use case, the limiting of your freedom. And my hope is that by designing something so abstracted and so freely open to use in a cooperative way, you know, that starts from the user and they choose what it is, by designing it this way, we'll be able to have something to point at to fight against those things. So we'll be able to say, look, we're already doing this. Like we're already using slash tags. We're already using Bitcoin. We're already using Lightning. We have our own like digital world. We're all doing it fine. When somebody fucks up, we eject them. You know, like we, we have our system. Leave us the fuck alone. Like why would I use your Vax Pass when I already know, you know, who who I don't want to be around when I already know who I do want to be around because it's more of like the inverse it's like meeting on your own terms that's like like what, what it's the design is supposed to be so you choose who to add and then if you add the wrong person you can eject them you know so it's like you don't I don't want to see social credit become uh, the dystopian scary thing that it is basically in in the east and but I do think everybody is trying to do that like I think the US government wants it. I think, you know, UK wants it. A lot of Europe wants it. And they're going to shove that down our throats one way or another, whether it be because of COVID, et cetera. And I do think that we're going to have to have this really scary moment where they're going to basically want us to KYC to use the internet. And that's like my biggest fear. And so I think we have to do things like get slash tags off the ground using like these private networks that the government doesn't even get to see, you know what I mean? And form our own little world where we just like have total distaste and like disinterest in anything that like is less free than this and so and then at the same time we need to do things like what we talked about in the other podcasts which are you know we need to develop out the practicality and and ease of use for things like mesh nets um and creating private literal private networks you know on the internet level um because that's i think that that's coming i think that they're going to start actually requiring 
proving that you're 18 and they're going to use that as an excuse to have some sort of internet pass or vax pass slash internet you know they're going to keep trying to find ways to to violently force us to do these things and when that time comes i just feel like we really need to have shown that we don't need it that we already have a better option that we already figured out how to use the internet in the safest way possible how to figure out our own subjective truths about the things on the internet what we value as individuals and and thus have this kind of I just think it's a much more peaceful design where like we choose what who we want to talk to, we choose what we connect with, we choose how, when, you know, why, etc. It's it's fully fully flexible. If you start putting these things on the blockchain, <laughs> like 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 Ion does for example, that gets even more scary because blockchains do enforce things. You know what I mean? And so I'm actually pretty scared of Ion um and and blockchain ID stuff because that there's actual enforcement there without violence and so if the go- i'm scared that the government will say you have to have an ion id to log in because they could act that can actually be proved in the blockchain it can actually you know be locking you down and that's like another reason why i didn't like the design of uh of ion is because i think you inevitably get censorship out of a global index and so there's no global indexing it's all local indexing yeah and leaning into the social credit system exists in the east the the idea of being unpersoned exists there where like as soon as you're unpersoned or your social credit score gets to such a level mm-hmm. that it's unpalatable you're basically exiled and so in this system i imagine you'd be able if you did act like an asshole and your reputation sort of diminished to a point where nobody wanted to interact with you maybe that drives you to think critically and have some introspection and you want to go actually begin uh, acting in good faith and in a way in which your reputation uh, is you respected. Could rebuild by your reputation. Like, well, that's what I was going to say. Could you create? You could create a whole new private public key pair and create mm-hmm. a new reputation there. Or would like? Do you think yeah. people would just ditch old reputation? Your score becomes zero. You have to reset the game. Um, but one thing in all these designs is I did worry a lot about dystopian outcomes. And what I what I was always very important to me was that the design was so flexible that there was always a path to redemption. Mm-hmm. Like I always like something very important to me personally is like, no matter how much you want to judge people, and I'm a very judgmental person, <laughs> um, <laughs> that you have to always provide a path to redemption. You know, I myself have apologized to Roger Veer, for example, I've told him he's always welcome back, you know, like, I don't think anybody should ever feel like they've been completely disowned by humanity. Um, even criminals, I think you have to give people a path because otherwise you just may as well kill them. You know, you're going to leave them literally out in the cold with nobody. Like uh, the best they have is maybe to live in a jungle somewhere with, where nobody knows they're there. You have to actually have like if you want to be moral and be nonviolent and you know have be progressive about society, you have to have a path of redemption. And so the path of redemption here is simply giving you the chance to separate all your behaviors as much as possible, you know, so like your point identity, if you're, you're into some really weird, weird kinky shit and the whole world finds out, well, maybe you you get your score reset, well, you know, like, so maybe you want to separate that behavior. Well, it's you know? funny. I see this play out on the, uh, the reviews on the Apple iTunes for this podcast. Cause obviously it's a Bitcoin podcast, but we venture into other topics from time to time. And in the last year and a half COVID and vaccines being one of them, yeah. I sort of have dual, reputations in in the rating and reviews of the podcast like as soon as i started talking more about that you get like one star like he's got to stop talking about so there's like covid vaccine marty and like bitcoin like all the bitcoin reviews like ah oh, it's an incredible yeah, podcast yeah. like that's a risk you took you know yeah. like you 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 combined your identities in some abstract way you yeah. know 
because you, you cross topics and that's mm. really what slash tags is. It's just topics. It's mm-hmm. like taking that schema, creating a topic out of it. And so now you have an abstraction that you can network over. Um, but yeah, so like, I think that if you are, if you manage your reputation, well, you minimize your risk of being, you know, canceled for some stupid reason because like you, you didn't associate that portion of your identity you know for example like if you wanted to write a covid blog and gain reputation as a covid blogger you could be fully digital fully anonymous just using some key well pseudonymous just using some specific key and never associate it with with tftc you know um of course that there's always a benefit to associating aspects of your personality because you can gain even more reputation and you can gain even more relevant and complex reputation. But in the end, if Marty does something really bad and everybody hates him, his score will be reset by everybody that cares about him and Marty will have to start over. But the difference is you get to start over. You get to just be a key in this world. And while new keys have very little power and very little trust, you have that key and you can start attaching that metadata to it and start actually building a reputation. Um, You just will be like literally like second class citizen or even worse because you have like as this progresses like you'll at least have reputation of like you know that you can build on if you want to like i am the son of so and so like just like the old days you know yeah. <laughs> um you at least have that and so you think this design leads to the incentivization of meritocracy over dystopian feudal systems i think i think it very much is a highly abstracted meritocracy it's more like a I would see it more like a game of games and uh it's like a way i thought really like i got real cosmic on this and i don't i haven't talked about it this way in a while but i the way i see it is like all of reality is like some form of competition for the for the sake of increasing the uh survivability of the species you know like we're all here for the sake of evolution and now that we are like highly advanced we have like culture as part of our evolution which is like doesn't live in our dna and this allows us to like really fully create any sort of competition of culture um and i think which ultimately results in in competition of dna as well and so i really feel like this is like a very like scientifically sound approach to having a social economy um and so i I think that slash tags and bitcoin combined really like fully map out digitally a way to like actually compete anything we could digitally describe as long as we can describe it and agree on that description we can now run a competition in any kind of way any kind of game holy shit (laughs) how do you think we'll keep it micro and then maybe get macro but like yeah so how do you think number one this changes the way people perceive bitcoin the lightning network how they interact with the protocols and then number two more more grandiose how does it change the world i mean we've been touching on it throughout this conversation but i'm sure you have some i mean for bitcoin i'm honestly trying to stay out of it but i think it could do a lot of things with bitcoin like you could you could choose which nodes you trust to download your initial block download like right now that's a default setting in bitcoin core like they choose who you trust by default you could like establish your own trust system you could just you could you establish who you will submit which nodes you will submit uh your transactions to for inclusion um you could you could really manage anything you know that you're willing to keep track of and you could even now keep track with other people so there are there are some really cool things you can do with bitcoin and lightning like boss score example and there are some really scary things you could do um you could actually signed coordinate you know uh 
votes and things like this and you could even weight them based off of reputation and you could start you know like using this for activations and i'm just riffing here like it isn't i have no intention of actually applying this stuff but like slash tags literally not literally slash tags is potentially uh like a little magic dust that you can sprinkle on any network to add like definition to it like you can really like do anything with coordination um for coordinating transactions uh, you'll see a little bit of this in our wallet product at some point where we'll be using this thing to like coordinate you know maybe pay joins or coordinate um you know multi-sig transactions in different ways coordinate things with dlcs and uh oracles like you could measure multi-oracles really really well with this system um i, I really believe you could have a much a very robust like multi-oracle system and you'll see us actually apply that down the road um i haven't talked that much about the networking and storage side of slash tags but we're utilizing a protocol called hypercore um, and hypercore is basically like a modern version of BitTorrent, where they've added like you know the latest and greatest things that are possible through uh, swarms and and uh, a bunch of cool like hole punching network techniques and things like this. But the cool thing about hypercore is it compensates for any type of type of like cool thing somebody might argue about a blockchain for this purpose. Basically, what it, it uses append only logs, which are like little personal blockchains like there's no coin there's no mining there's no nothing it's just append only and just because it's append only that's enforceable like locally mm -hmm. and so you and every hypercore is actually like locked by a key so you can have a slash tag that's a hypercore you can have a hypercore that's a database you can have every single item in the database be content addressable slash tag keys and then you can monetize every single thing and permission every single thing however you want to by use it by defining it in schemas so you can create like full like decentralized storage marketplaces like with multiple oracles and waiting all the storage providers you can provide abstracted storage that's like encrypted because multi because hypercores allow you to assign which keys uh can be writers within a core mm -hmm. so you can like basically host encrypted data that only the people writing to it can read with each other there's a lot of really crazy cool shit you can do when you start only using keys to represent things yeah so this could change i mean this could change the whole way we interact with the internet i hope it does like, so what you just described there with hypercore like that could take over like a google team suite essentially like take over what like a google drive yeah, yeah. This is like, imagine if you could use your, if you could monetize everything in your Google Drive in a fully safe way um, and have that Google Drive distributed by anybody. Like you choose how it's monetized. You want to put a crowd wall on it. You want to put a subscription on it. And that's another thing slash tags makes easier is subscriptions. So it'll be a lot easier. And we'll demonstrate in our, in our wallet eventually as well. Um, yeah, the wallet's going to be really cool. Um, maybe I'm jumping topics a little bit, but um we are making our best attempt at, simpl at simplifying lightning like we're really proud of our lightning ux and i know we haven't released the mobile wallet yet but it should be like within the next three or four months that we'll start actually showing it i i'm pretty sure i'll have already at this point when people hear this i'll have at least shown some screenshots to people of some of the things we want to do but like we worked really hard on like abstracting lightning away for like the normie user and trying to make it so like if you're advanced you can do what you want by like you choosing advanced settings and such but if you're not like we we try to communicate it in a way that minimizes like we don't talk about channels we don't talk about liquidity you know like we we define it in the terms that the user and what the utility they're getting out of lightning is hell yeah ux needs to be improved so any improvement there is a much welcomed improvement here at tftc and i guess 
Yeah, I mean, I'm excited. I mean, when this is released, uh, I'll, I'll have seen at least parts of the project presentation screenshots. and. Um, yeah, I'll do a demo of the Slash Tags account stuff, and I'll do a demo of uh, the Block Tank LSP stuff and show some of the user experiences you can create in your platforms. But much of what, we're, what we're, we'll have released at this point is just stuff for you to build with. Like, yeah. we're not releasing any of our final applications yet. You could argue Block Tank is a service we're releasing. And well, one interesting thing I'm, I'm going to mention about Block Tank is Block Tank is a service that people would never open source. And as soon as it's like, we're going to spend maybe three, six months from now, like testing it and like using it with some partners. But as soon as like we're happy with it and know that it's not dangerous to use, we're going to open source it. So like literally anybody can run their own LSP service and sell channels and do the same thing that we're going to be doing as like, as one of our monetization models. Like it's like, it would be like, we're not doing payment processing, but it would be kind of like open node, open sourcing, open node. Like yeah. that's, it's their business. But because we are, because Tether is awesome and Palo is awesome and I really want everything to be open source, like we've just kind of committed to like everything we ever do is going to be fully open source, at least at some point. We might take three, six months to like spec it out and maybe mm. get a head start on some things but other than that like everything will always be mit licensed and open source and i'm saying this on the podcast so i end up being committed to it <laughs> <to my reputation. laughs> um but yeah that, that'll be really cool that, that 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 will be something that i hope people contribute to so they'll make our you know lsp better with us uh, because they get to use it too yeah it's similar to what Brains does with their firmware too, right? Yeah, they, they yeah, have a yeah. paywall on it for a bit, and then they open source it. It's eventually. expensive to make this stuff, you know, and and there's a risk there. But I really truly believe that our advantage, as far as like it being a monetized service, is that one, uh, we are Synonym and Bitfinex, and two. Uh, we are also going to provide like liquidity and we'll actually have liquidity you know, of Bitcoin and of uh, say tether tokens, et cetera, for the things that people really will have in demand it, at a level most people won't be willing to do. Like a startup isn't going to be able to come in and say, yeah, we have 50 Bitcoin of liquidity that we can put in lightning channels. Like that's just not something they can do. Mm -hmm. They'll have to like give away equity. So they have enough Bitcoin, you know, it's like there'd be a lot more risk there for them, but we have more resources to be able to behave this way. And we are confident that just our expertise and our architecture and our resources is going to be an advantage enough to keep us competitive. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I'm fucking pumped to see you launch this dude because we've been talking about it for some time now uh, you've been teasing it so I'm, I'm happy for you and the rest of the bitcoin ecosystem to have this product hit the market because i think the ideas that you're pushing forward and the the mentality again the adversarial mentality that you bring to bitcoin uh and i what i assume will be personified in the designs of of the cinnamon Synonym product and the suites of product. There it is. <laughs> cinnamon. I, that's my biggest fear is that everybody cinnamon. says, I shouldn't even say that now. It's, now it's going to be cinnamon. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's not the easiest word to say, but none of our products are named synonym. It's just yeah. like the master company. It's just kind of the idea of using Bitcoin as, a, as an abstraction, mm -hmm. um, which is like, you know, like what we're doing with tokens, we're using Bitcoin as an abstraction. What we're doing with uh, slash tags, we're using Bitcoin keys as abstractions, like just anchoring things to the Bitcoin world in the the least uh intrusive way and in the most efficient way possible without like fucking with scaling without fucking with the blockchain at all um in in, in the case of slash tags and just giving people as much power as they can to, to build and decide everything themselves awesome and to any of the freaks listening to this today uh today being the day that this 
episode comes out, what would you recommend they do if they want to play around or get involved? So it's still uh, some weeks away, but our goal, I don't know if I'll, we'll have reached it by the time this comes out, but our goal is to actually also include a Chrome extension demo app where you will be able to hold slash tags keys. And this will at least make it easier for people to play with it and for websites to add this capability before our 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 like formal mobile wallet product is ready it'll just be a demo app that actually allows you to store your slash tags accounts and be able to now integrate this slash tags with your website and actually have both sides of the relationship working um it's not meant to be like an app product that like i want mass adoption of because what i want is people to use our mobile wallet when that's ready and we will make a full-fledged um we're already it's already in development a full-fledged chrome wallet as well that's going to be you know a complementary version of the mobile wallet uh, but the, what I recommend is if you're a builder, please check out slash tags, please ask questions, please like, you know, let this expand your mind and figure out the crazy shit you can actually do with this. And we, you know, we will be there to help you. We're, we're very interested in, you know, people, but I don't, I don't want to have to build everything, but I will, <laughs> you know? And it, so I want to like, like, for example, like we're not making a chat app right, right now. And I think this is a proper way to do chat encrypted chat is, is to build it on something like slash tags, um, and not on the lightning network. I'm sorry, you know, Sphinx chat and things like this. I just don't think that's an appropriate, it's not a scalable use. It's not, it's kind of like a hack and a novelty to do this on lightning. And so I want to demonstrate, but I don't have time to make a chat app right now. So, Somebody else wants to use slash tags to make a chat app. We'll be glad to help. Um, we'll, be, we'll be proud to see it happening. And I just won't make one, <laughs> you know, but if nobody does it, I will show you. I will take the time and backtrack and go and make that too. I just think that there's just so much that can be built here that um, I, I don't I don't need our company to be the one building everything. We're just trying to build the things we think are like the most integral that, that create, like I said in the beginning of this interview, like that create this environment that makes a full circular economy, a full circular like social economy so people can do the minimum things that they expect to be able to do like they can do today. So the, the initial set of products will be the, the apps we'll actually make will be the mobile wallet, the Chrome wallet. Um, long term, we hope to also do a web wallet to compete with uh, like blockchain info because those things are like actually really popular and there needs to be more competition there. Um, Very we, we have a Google killer. I won't get into detail about. Um, we have a publishing killer that's paired with the Google killer. And we have a very, very cool decentralized like social media solution, Twitter killer thing. And those will need more time, but like that those will happen. And those are big killers. Yeah, they those are. Those are some killers. So I want to focus on those. You guys, you know, if you're interested, make the rest of the stuff while I'm busy, <laughs> please. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. Where can the freaks go find out more about synonym uh what you're building and how to get involved obviously you know as always you can follow me on twitter at bitcoin error log but now uh by this point we'll have synonym dot two as our web address where you can learn more about our website the number two or t-w-o t-o t-o yeah that's okay. like because tether dot two is also their, okay. their domain so uh i'm trying to and two is like a nice short domain and it's not too like saturated so i'm trying to get dot two domains for all of our products synonym dot t-o yeah synonym dot t-o um You'll be able to look at and learn about Block Tank. You'll be able to link to and go to our uh, GitHub repo, which is Synonym Dev, um, which you can find on GitHub as our organization. You'll be you, so you'll be able to see any of our open source repos that we've released recently, and we will continue to release more. I think by when we launch, we'll probably have around eight or so. Um, so there's going to be a lot of tools that you can use to build with our stuff and build with Lightning. 
Um, yeah, uh, that's it, I guess. Like, visit our website. Oh, we'll have a, a synonym uh, Twitter, which is synonym underscore T-O. Um, that's our, our Twitter handle. Um, and just please, you know, get in touch if you are interested in building with our stuff, if you are interested in uh, integrating and, uh, you know, applying block tank to your your platform so you can have better lightning liquidity and lightning channel management learn more about that we're doing looking for testers and people like that i think what we're going to do is we're going to do like the first like six months free so there won't be even be any fees to use this service for a while while we like finish up the the product and then we'll open source it um yeah that's all i got man <laughs> hell yeah well again i'm pumped for you dude i know you've been working hard on this behind the scenes for quite some time uh, and I'm just happy that you're getting your baby out there um, and, and very excited to see how people run with it. Well, I, I appreciate it so much you giving me the chance to explain. I hope you guys actually understand it. I know it's like ambitious and it's kind of out there and you have to wrap your head around it, but I'm trying to get better and better at describing it and I was really bad at it a year ago. <laughs> um, if you ask some of the people I explained it to a year ago, um, now I'm getting better at it, but I still think it's it's a lot to grasp um, and I, I am, I'm happy to do, to take your criticisms. I'm happy, you know, I have been a very judgmental person. I have criticized a lot of products and a lot of different companies and their behaviors. Fucking give it to me. Like I deserve every criticism you want to give to me. I am not scared. I have worked hard to be to have everything here be rational. So if there's something weak here, I want to know. Let him know. Let him know. Don't be shy. John never is, so you shouldn't be either. Again, I'm pumped for you, dude. Thank you for uh, for spreading the message on the show and coming back. This will be your third or fourth podcast by the time we post this episode uh the second within a matter of weeks so wish you luck i can't wait to dive in i can't do it yet but um and i'm probably not smart enough to even do it when it officially launches but um i'll definitely be following synonym uh and and wishing you the best of luck dude thanks so much man all right that's all we got today freaks peace and love Dickie.